We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Wednesday evening, one hour done, one more to go here on KMOX. Uh, we're going to be joined by John Denton in about 15 minutes. We'll talk all things Cardinals of baseball with the MLB.com beat writer covering the Cardinals. And then also uh, later on this hour, we're going to hear from uh, Christopher Bell. Tom Ackerman got the chance to uh, catch up with the NASCAR driver earlier today. Of course, they'll be running Worldwide Technology Raceway this upcoming weekend, both the uh, Cup Series and the trucks are going to be in action. One of my things that I get frustrated about is when we see the NCAA doing dumb things and when we see the NCAA doing things that is not equitable. And I guess in many ways... College sports, not everybody is alike. Not everybody's treated the same. Not everybody has the same status uh, within the NCAA. But I just, I got frustrated by something. And this is the, maybe not many people are going to be overly worried about this. It's it's caught some uh, attention. So the way the NCAA baseball tournament works is you have teams that are hosting regionals. So the top 16 teams get the opportunity to host regionals. Now, you still have to have all the infrastructure to be able to host said regional. And the University of Kentucky is hosting a regional this weekend. Now, in the Lexington, Kentucky area, there is a lot going on this weekend. The Railbird Music Festival is going on. According to the report, that is a massive event that's going to be headlined by country music stars Tyler Childers and Zach Bryan. They also have state high school uh, playoffs going on for softball, baseball, and track and field. And then there is the uh, the Great American Brass Band Festival going on in nearby Danville. That draws more than 40,000 people each year. Matt Pajeski, I could see you enjoying yourself at the Great American Brass Band Festival. You could? Yeah. I don't know if I could. You're a music guy. You like I do like different music. types of music and I don't you... know if I like brass band though. Okay. Just thought I, I hear that. I go, you know what? I could see Matt Pajeski making a trip to Danville, Kentucky for the Great American Brass Band Festival. Forty thousand people show up for it. That's a lot of people. Do they? That the well, according to the report. So Let's get to the point here as much as we'd love to spend some time talking about the Great American Brass Band Festival here on Sports Open Line. Because of this, there is a limited availability of hotel rooms within 30 miles of campus. And part of the requirements to host NCAA events is the fact is um, that you have to have... You have to have hotel rooms, and you have to have all these things available for the visiting teams that come in. And I'm a I'm a big believer in experiences 
for student athletes. I, it, it's one of the reasons that when it comes to conference tournaments and college basketball, I'd love to see all conferences allow all teams into their conference tournaments because it's an experience, the chance to play in games that really matter. I love when it comes to student athletes, and maybe this is kind of a, a utopian way of looking at things, but I'm, I'm a big I, – I love the bowl system. People laugh at me because I love the bowl system because you're sending people to Boise, Idaho to play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or whatever it is. Well, you know what? There's a bunch of seniors – who are never going to play football again, who get to go play in a bowl game and their parents get to come watch the bowl game and they get to get the swag bags and all that sort of stuff. It's part of the student athlete experience. So as much as I do want to see a college football playoff, I, I don't want to mess with the bowl system beyond the fact that there's going to be some of the teams that would have been participating in it won't be in it because they'll be in the college football playoff. I just, I like the experiences, the feeling of being part of something that is important. And part of that is the accommodations. And this is where I get frustrated with the NCAA. So in addition to the host team, Kentucky, West Virginia, Indiana, and Ball State are going to be in Lexington for this regional. And there is no hotel rooms available anywhere near Lexington. The closest hotel rooms that are available are in Louisville. So that's about an hour away. It takes about an hour to get from Louisville to Lexington. And Teams don't want to be on a bus for an hour going into that. That you don't really feel like you're part of something either. So what what Kentucky has done is they are going to utilize dorm rooms on the Kentucky campus. Dorm rooms. Now the school says that these dorms are not actually dorms. That they're closer to apartment-like suites that quote rival any hotel accommodation the team might have had if rooms are available. Um, yeah. So a spokesperson for Matt May told ESPN, there's a great deal of stuff going on in Lexington, massive music festival, state high school, baseball, softball and track on campus, uh, on and on and on, um, says this has been known for months and all checkpoints with the NCAA both addressed and met to their satisfaction. Our bid was up front from the very beginning. Here's what I would say to the NCAA have some guts. If this is supposed to be about the student-athletes, and it would really stink for Kentucky, like there's, there's no way for this to be completely equitable. Because if you take the regional out of Lexington, it hurts the athletes at Kentucky because they just put together one heck of a season. They're a top-16 seed. They have played for the right to host. But student-athlete experience, NCAA tournament, most of these kids are going to be playing baseball for the final time ever in their career. And they're stuck staying in these dorm rooms that Kentucky officials are trying to tell you are more like a hotel. It's it's not. It, it's lost the feeling of it. And I I just I think it's a I think it takes away from the student athlete experience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Kentucky put themselves in a position where they're in a geographic location with a lot going on. If they thought they were going to have this good of a, a baseball team going in, well, go reserve the rooms that are needed. And be on the line for that money. They're an SEC school. They are swimming in money. Probably would take 90 hotel rooms or so to be ready to, to bring these teams in. Go be ready to, to hand. Maybe it's 100. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of hotel rooms. But go be ready to have all these hotel rooms available and good to go and just have money down on them and have them committed to the potential of hosting an NCAA baseball regional. And do that months ago. They say that 
This is something that they have been working on for months. You're telling me that months and months ago, the University of Kentucky couldn't have found a way to secure these hotel rooms? No. They're, they're, this is a last-minute thing. This is putting student-athletes second. This is something that they're doing to try to find a way to finagle their way into continuing to host. And what the NCAA would do, if the NCAA had any guts whatsoever, they would go to Kentucky and say, no, you can't host. You don't have what we require because the NCAA bylaws require that you have hotel accommodations available for all the teams that are going to be coming in. And now the NCAA is saying, oh, well, this works. This works. No, it doesn't work. By, by the book, by the rule, it doesn't work. I don't know. I just I get frustrated about these things with the NCAA because I so often we see the student athlete being put second. And I read this story. You go, go to Louisville. Louisville's an hour away. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure they would be willing to uh, to host for it if you paid for it there. There's other things. It isn't even where you would have to hand this off to another one of these four schools that are there. There's just something better that they could do, but the NCAA continues to show that they have absolutely no spine whatsoever, and this is another example of that. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, John Denton is going to join us. John covers the Cardinals for MLB.com and Cardinals.com. We'll get his thoughts on where the team sits right now going into these back-to-back off days. This is a Graybar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. It's KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm Miles Michaelis, and you're listening to Sports Open Line on KMOX. Miles Michaelis has put eight zeros on the board, a terrific performance for Miles, career high in strikeouts with 10 Eight innings of work for Miles, and no runs allowed and just three hits. Outstanding for Miles Michaelis. Outstanding indeed yesterday for Michaelis. That's uh, he followed up a seven-inning scoreless outing with an eight-inning scoreless outing yesterday, and uh, he is he is more than rounding into form. He's uh, he's clearly the top pitcher in the Cardinals rotation right now. Cardinals just got done playing 19 straight games, and to uh, talk about the club, we're very happy to uh, welcome on my friend. He covers the Cardinals for MLB.com and Cardinals.com. You follow him on Twitter at John Denton. 555. He is John Denton. Hey, John. Hey, Matt. How are you? Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking some time with us today on a uh, on an off day. What did you make of what Michaelis was not just able to do yesterday, but really you look at his last two appearances in a time where the Cardinals have needed that from the rotation. Uh, length and performance, he's given them both in each of those last two outings. Yeah, that was, that was a couple of really gutsy performances, Matt. You know, I mean, Mal said that there's nothing in this game that gives him more pleasure than being a stopper for the Cardinals. Like being that man when, when, when the team needs you, when, you know, when you're, when you're staring at losing a series in Cincinnati and, and Miles goes out there and gives you seven scoreless innings when you're, uh, you know, you're coming off a bad loss on Monday, you almost uh, had a perfect game thrown against you on Monday. Miles comes back and, and puts up eight zeros. 
he probably would have pitched all nine innings if he hadn't been getting a blister on one of his fingers. Uh, that was that was gutsy stuff, and you know he's pitching as well as anybody in the league right now. They've won his last five starts. Uh, Miles is four and zero in his last nine uh, nine starts. Uh, it's really good to see, and it's something that the staff really needed. Uh, you know, a guy they can really lean on in times when they need a victory. When the club was in spring training and all the guys were participating in the WBC, the narrative was how good it was that those guys were there, that they were playing in games that mattered, so on and so forth. But then, you know, Michaelis has the slow start, and then since he's gone going, we've kind of heard rumblings that maybe he was was a little bit behind and he wasn't didn't have command of all of his pitches, and that can be connected to uh, him being in the WBC. How much impact do you think the World Baseball Classic did have on his slow start? Yeah, you know, Matt, of all the, of the 17 guys that the Cardinals sent to the WBC, I think it affected Miles the most. Uh, you know, we all know he's not a strikeout pitcher last night uh, withstanding. Uh, you know, he's a guy who who depends on being able to throw all five pitches at any time in the count. He depends on location. He depends on mixing speeds. Um, you know, and, and, you know, going off to the WBC, he started the one exhibition game. Uh, I think he started one game in the WBC, and then he was used out of the bullpen the other, other couple times. So it really messed up his rhythm and, you know those first three gate first three starts of the season, his ERA was over ten. That was probably like a uh, a mini spring training for him. But since then, those next nine starts, I mean, he's got a two eleven ERA over the next nine. So he's a completely different pitcher. Uh, first three starts as opposed to the last nine starts, and you know I, I really think that the WBC had a lot to do with that. It's not apples to apples because Wainwright was used in a little bit of a different way in the WBC than Michaelis, but could the same thing potentially be happening with Wainwright where we're going to get a couple more weeks down the road and maybe he's rounded into form and it, it, it looks kind of similar to what happened with Michaelis? Yeah, you know, Waino keeps saying, he's like, one of these days everything's going to change for him and people are going to say, wow, what are you doing different? And there's nothing he's really doing different he said he's just got to get he's got to get luckier in some chances. And, you know, he's given up the two out hits right now. Uh, in Cincinnati, he there were a couple instances where he would get two outs early in the inning. He'd give up a bloop single and then a double and a run would score. Uh, I think he had two runners score from first base in Cincinnati. You know, we all know how crazy that ballpark is. And and Wayno said it's it's just going to come down to some bounces going his way. Uh, you know, you know, getting out of some jams. Um, you know, good stuff happening. We've kind of seen things turn with the Cardinals. He really thinks he's a lot closer than maybe the numbers look right now. So the Cardinals had the really bad start, and then they went on a really nice run and knocked down their deficit in the division by about five games. And they've kind of been treading water over the last week. They lost two or three Cleveland. They, they split with Kansas City. How much is that them coming back to earth, and how much of that is them being impacted by the 19 games in 19 days? Yeah, I think that was a big part of it, Matt. I mean, you know, if uh, this team showed the potential that it can have, you go to Wrigley and win two out of three, you go to Fenway and sweep them, then you come home and take five out of seven against Milwaukee and the Dodgers. I mean, that's an impressive stretch. That's four, you know, that's four of the best teams you'll see in the National League, uh, you know, outside of the Braves. But, uh, you know, that, that, I think that showed this team their potential. You know, were the last was the last week frustrating to lose two games of the Reds, to lose two games of the Indians, and lose a game to the Royals? Of course, it was frustrating. But to come out of a 19-game stretch, 12 and seven, I think it's pretty impressive. I think it turned around the season. 
I think it showed this team what it's capable of when it's firing on all cylinders. And I think you'll see a, I think you'll see a fresh revived club on Friday when we get to Pittsburgh. John Denton covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. He's continuing to join us here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. That fifth spot in the rotation still kind of up for grabs. It'll either be uh, Matthew Libertor or Steven Matz, it would seem. Uh, between the two, it feels like Matz might be the guy who could uh, give them something extra out of the bullpen. How do you expect this to play out? Yeah, you know, uh, Matz's outing the other day out of the bullpen was not bad, and uh, you know, his, his velo was up. He had 96, 97 a couple of times. He had four strikeouts. He did hit a couple of batters, but part of that was by design. Uh, you know, he was saying in, in Cincinnati that he's got to pitch inside to be effective. Um, you know, I, I think right now that Stephen Matz is better in short bursts. Uh, you know, he kind of gets exposed when he has to pitch uh, over multiple innings. And Matthew Libertor has earned this. You know, he pitched well in his first outing against the Brewers. And then he goes out there the other day and against the Indians has one bad inning. You know, otherwise he pitched really well. I really think that that Libertor has earned this spot as in the, as the fifth starter. And then you use uh, Matt out of the bullpen. You know, they they only have one lefty out of the bullpen right now, so they actually are in need of a left-hander out of the bullpen. So I would I would uh, you know reckon that uh, Matthew Libertor is going to get that that fifth start. How much how much uh, leash do you give him? Because when you've got young guys coming up, there's going to be some days that you, you're just not on, that you're just not very good. Do, is it a situation where he's got to be told, hey, this is your spot of the rotation, just go pitch, where if all of a sudden he has one of those tough nights, he's not looking over his shoulder worried that maybe he's lost his job? Yeah, you know, it, it's a, he's in a tough spot right now because I, I really thought it was, it was almost unfair what they did to him. You know, he, he started a game – pitched really well, and then all of a sudden he kind of had this starter position jerked from him. He had to uh, work out of the bullpen a couple of days. But but Ali Marmol said, hey, we can't sacrifice the health of our bullpen just so that one guy can get a start. Uh, you know, the, the bullpen got used quite a bit over that long stretch. Uh, so they needed him to help, you know, free up the bullpen a little bit. Was it fair to Matthew Libertor? Of course not. But, you know, when you're that 26th man on the roster, when you're that young guy, 23 years old, Sometimes you just have to fill roles, and that's you know kind of the roles that they used him in at the time. But uh, I, I really hope that he can get a run of uh, you know two, three starts in a row without having to bounce back and forth between the starting rotation and, and the bullpen because I think you could really see his potential as a, as a starter if he, if he can get in that groove of you know two or three starts in a row. John, I'm really good at looking too deep into things and, and reading too much into something that's not actually there. But uh, that's when we my found living, that's how I make a living. <laughs> <laughs> when when we found out who the the Cardinals representatives on the All Star ballot was were today, I you know th- there's times where a, a starting player is on the injured list and he's still on the ballot. That's a very normal, very standard thing. Yet you look at the outfield spots for the Cardinals and, and Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan are on there. For Donovan, okay, I get it. You got to find a spot for him somewhere uh, if it's not going to be DH. But you have Tommy Edmond in that spot as well. I, it, if you're Tyler O'Neill, if you're Dylan Carlson, it, it just feels kind of odd that neither one of those guys is in that spot. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, and it it says a lot about the state of, you know, where those guys stand in the organization. I mean, Tyler O'Neill is at a standstill. It's at least the third time that they've had to shut him down with his back injury. Uh, they keep saying that there's a strain. There have been multiple tests. Uh, n- n- there's no showing of any, any structural damage. So right now, 
you know, it, it's it's really a, an odd situation. You kind of wonder what's going on there. Uh, but who would have guessed that, you know, coming off of 2021, when Tyler O'Neill finished eighth in the National League in MVP voting, that we would be at this spot. You know, last season was bad. You thought maybe, hey, it's just a blip. But now here we are, you know, another year later going through the same injury thing. And I really think Dylan Carlson's close to getting back. I think he's going to probably start a rehab assignment uh, in the minor leagues, uh, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, uh, take a couple of days, and I think he'll be back with the Cardinals. I, I'm one of those guys. I'm bullish on Dylan Carlson. I think the Cardinals are at their best when he's their center fielder and Lars Newbar can play one of the corner spots because there, there's not a better defensive center fielder on this on this team than Dylan Carlson. So I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a Dylan Carlson backer, and I, I think he can come back and, and, and get his spot back in the, in, in the rotation. The way the roster is constructed right now, they've been – they're stuck doing some weird things because you got to have Nolan Gorman in the lineup line every day, so he's going to be at second a fair amount. I've, you, Paul DeYoung had been performing until the last week or so, but a lot of guys didn't perform uh, for the last week when the team was hitting like 180. Uh, hmm. So he's going to be over at, at shortstop. Obviously, you know what's going at third and first and catch. So all of a sudden, you've got Tommy Edmond, you've got Brendan Donovan. Yeah, you might have a DH, but it's it's not easy to find at-bats and find spots for those guys at the moment. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely not. And I mean, where would this team be without Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmund? I mean, they 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 take you know utility to a new level. I mean, Tommy hadn't started in center field what three times in his career. Uh, started the other night. You know, he wore the pitch com. He worked with Willie McGee before the game. I mean, that's a guy whose baseball IQ is just off the charts. You can tell him to do anything. He's willing and able to do anything. He's so valuable to this team, uh, and in Brendan Donovan's the same way. You know, he throws out the runner at home last night. Where would this team be? You know, if you, if you were without those two guys, the two outfielders, Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill, and you didn't have two two guys, two, two super utility guys like that, you know, you would really be at a fix right now. So they've kind of bailed this team out. I, I... I don't think anybody would be mad at Tommy Edmond for being frustrated with the situation. You go into the year penciled in as the as the starting shortstop, and you turn into a kind of a utility guy playing all over. That's certainly not what he thought it was going to be this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I could totally see Tommy frustrated, but that's just not in his DNA. You know, I, I think Tommy knows his value to this team, and I think Ali Marmol conveys that. I think Mo conveys that to him regularly. I thought he was the third most important player on this team last year behind Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, it, it, Tommy's coming up on a payday, and you hope that he gets rewarded. You know, shortstops get paid a lot of money, but he may be even more valuable to this team as a as a super utility who can play short, who can play second, who can play any of the three outfield spots. He is uh, John Denton. You read him at uh, cardinals.com. You've got the uh, the newsletter. What's the way that people subscribe to that? Uh, you can just go on MLB.com and click on your favorite team, and, and you know the newsletter comes out every Thursday and every Monday, twice a week. Uh, we kind of you know try to show uh, players the uh, other side, uh, you know, away from the field, show some personality, things like that. So it's uh, it, it's really gone over well. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from Cardinal fans. John, always appreciate it, and uh, enjoy uh, the trip to Pittsburgh. We'll see you uh, back in St. Louis real soon. Sounds great, Matt. Thanks so much. You Take bet. There, there's John Denton joining us, covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we will uh, return, and uh, we will hear 
uh, Tom Ackerman. He is uh, going to uh, have a conversation coming up in uh, just a few moments uh, with uh, Christopher Bell, who's going to be uh, racing this weekend at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. That's coming up in just a moment on Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. And joining us, driving the number 20 DeWalt Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing. Great to have Christopher Bell back on KMOX. I know the folks in Oklahoma listen to KMOX. I know that for a fact, because that is Cardinals country. How are you, Christopher? I'm doing well. How are you, Tom? Doing great. Really looking forward to this race. Enjoy Illinois 300. At last check, tickets were dwindling down to about nothing. No surprise. Uh, Another sellout approaching in St. Louis. What did you think of last year? Yeah, I thought WWT Raceway was uh, an amazing venue to go to and I was very happy that they added it to this cup schedule. It had been several years since I competed in the truck series there, and um, that was on the old surface. And now with the repave, it really has made it a a world-class facility and um, a place where we put on a great race last year, and I think it'll be an even better race this year. Yeah, you finished ninth, a top 10 finish in that race, and it was competitive uh, from start to finish for sure. And just to describe the track to people who have not been, and I know we always have first timers coming through it's a little different i mean it's hard to describe it's not a short track it's not your traditional oval uh what would you compare it to yeah really there is nothing else out there that's that's like it you you have turns one and two which is very sharp and then three and four is a very uh wide sweeping corner um you know i think the asphalt really relates to phoenix raceway um but the shape does not at all so um it's it's really one of a kind and that's what makes it so much fun because there's nothing else out there that prepares us for this race. You can't look at any notes from any other racetrack. So you, it really is a, a one-off race that you don't know who could win. Christopher, you had such a great 22 to you finished strong. You finished third in that championship race and then uh, finished uh, third in Daytona uh, to start this year. And speaking of short tracks, one at Bristol and the dirt race, I'll talk about your dirt racing uh, career here in just a moment, but how would you describe 23 so far? I mean, we know what a great car you have, great team, great driver. Uh, do you feel good about it? Are you are you underwhelmed, disappointed with anything? How, how do you see it all? Yeah, I think that the performance as a whole has been pretty good. You know, mo- most of the time when we go to the racetrack, I feel like we're fast and competitive and running where we need to be running, but we're having a hard time putting all the pieces of the puzzle together to get the finishes that we deserve. So. With that being said, it, it hasn't been a bad year by any means, but I feel like we've left a lot out on the table. So uh, hopefully we can clean up these details before we get deeper on into the season, whenever the playoffs start. And uh, it would be awesome if we could rack up, you know, a couple more playoff points at WWT Raceway. It's a place where I think my team, the 20 car, should be able to win. It's a it's a huge race for us having DeWalt on the car. Um, very big market for them. So. I know it would be really special to get the DeWalt yellow back in victory lane. It's a great race and community. I think personally, I feel like a lot of people pull for you. One, I I mentioned Oklahoma and I know that, you know, being a Midwest guy, but I've always looked at you as like the driver's driver. You know, you you have driven at just about every level. 
Uh, winning the Chili Bowl doesn't hurt. A anybody who's in racing loves that, and you did it three times. And, you know, that was a an exciting thing, I know, for you. But, you know, driving on dirt, driving in different tracks, driving in different cars, that that's always been part of your passion. Do you feel like people relate to that? You know, I I've tried to kind of sell myself as being uh, just a race car driver. You know, I'm not a NASCAR driver. I'm not a dirt track racer. I'm just a race car driver. I'll run them all. And over the course of the last, I don't know, 12, 24 months, I haven't been able to race as much dirt as I would probably like to. Uh, but, you know, my my NASCAR Cup career has really started to take off. And um, especially last year, you know, getting to that next level of competing for a championship you know, being a, a factor of win, winning races week in and week out. That's really what I've turned my focus to. So uh, hopefully, you know, it, it we can or I can start getting to victory lane a little bit more often. Um, only one win this year is not where we want to be at this point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've been close and, and hopefully I can win races for the, you know, the, all my supporters and the dirt community out there. It becomes also, you know, you're a businessman too. There's so much to, to oversee, isn't it, when it comes to driving at this level? Yeah, it's uh, quite a bit more than just sitting behind the steering wheel. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, I cover sports for a living and, you know, watching whether it's baseball or basketball or hockey or golf or you name it, it is a grind. How, how do you, from week to week, you know, keep yourself – just try to keep yourself balanced emotionally, you know, not to, not to be let down. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need to cherish the highs, you know, that's a very important piece of the puzzle because in, in this sport, there's, there's not very many of them. You're not going to win very many races, but with that being said, the low moments, you got to push them out and, and you can't dwell on them. You can't, uh, you know, let that affect your next race because, you know, ultimately the only thing that you can control is what's coming up next. So um, got to put your best foot forward all the time and not let those, those bad moments take you down. Christopher Bell is with us. What was Daytona like from your perspective? I mean, you were that close uh, to climbing yeah. the Great American I, Race. I would have loved to seen it go green, that's for sure. I felt like I was in a good spot to race for the win coming to the checkered flag, but, uh, you know, there's a huge crash, so I, I wasn't in the cards this year, um, but it was my best race to, to date. So I was really happy to get out of Daytona with a great finish. Uh, we had a great start to the point season. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it going. Get winning that regular season title would be a huge uh, accomplishment for me and definitely a big help for the playoffs going forward. So we got off to a good start at Daytona and hopefully we can keep it rolling. Talk through uh, sports fans who are coming to this race for the first time and what it's like as a spectator to watch 40 cars blowing by at 170 miles per hour. Yeah, I mean, Gateway is just... Uh, it's a it's a, a place that you can't just watch a race on TV and, and expect that to what you're to be what you're going to see at WWT Raceway. So, you know, nothing that you've seen on on Sundays or any other NASCAR race is, is going to be what you see at, at WWT Raceway. And, uh, you know, just being there to experience the, the noise, the, you know, the, the fumes, the smell, the sights, the speed of the cars, it's it truly is an experience that you need to, you know, at least do once in your life. Now you're very focused as are all drivers trying to win and, and, and when it's race day, but I know you're also aware of the access that the fans have and 
I'm sure keeping an eye out for them too. It, it is pretty cool, isn't it? How this sport has has given fans that kind of access. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very unique. I'm a sports fan too. You know, I go to basketball games and football games, and um, if you want an autograph, they're pretty hard to come by with with, with those uh, other sports. But the NASCAR scene, you can, I, I think, you can pretty much get right up to the drivers, and uh, you know, you can walk away with several autographs if you want. Yeah, it won't be too bad either seeing Dirks Bentley close the thing out. I know it'd be even sweeter if you're in victory lane after all that. It's going to be hot too. I know that won't bother you. You've, you've raced in all temperatures, but what it, what is it like? I guess my final thing for you, knowing now for sure that we're going to be in the mid-90s in the middle of the afternoon, uh, what, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it makes it a little bit tougher in the car, but one thing that I do like about the heat is that it makes the track really slippery. And typically, whenever the track is slippery, it creates better racing because you're able to uh, pass guys a little bit easier. So 90-degree um, weather is not the worst thing to happen. Christopher, always great to see you and talk to you. Thank you again for joining us this year on KMOX as you get ready to race in Madison, Illinois, St. Louis, five minutes from the arch in the Enjoy Illinois 300. Have a good day. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Just a, a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick before we get out of here, I, and I've alluded to a few of them during the program. Uh, college basketball news. We learned that Kobe Brown's going to stay in the NBA draft. Uh, he is probably going to be a second rounder, so he will not return to uh, Mizzou. We also found out that C.J. Nolan, a former Oklahoma basketball player who had been uh, uh, set to transfer into SLU, is now not going to transfer into SLU. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have a new general manager, meaning Doug Arnold. Armstrong is going to stick around with the St. Louis Blues. Also wanted to mention this. This just came out in the last hour or so. Uh, really, um, someone from the local sports community who's had a huge impact uh, on a lot of uh, sports fans is making the decision to call it a career. Uh, we found out just a little while ago that the longtime radio voice of uh, Southern Illinois, Mike Reese, he has made the decision to retire. I just saw this on social media. He's been a guest on this program before. He's um, he's he's as good as they come, and uh, best of luck to him as he goes in to uh, his retirement. We talk about all the great broadcasters throughout the region, and Mike certainly is that. So congratulations uh, going out to Saluki Radio play-by-play man uh, Mike Reese as he gets set for retirement. Just learned about that a little while ago. I'll be done in a few moments, which means at your service, and that means our good friend Brad Young is going to be on from uh, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. He graces us with his presence for a few minutes first. Hi, Brad. Matt, it's interesting you mentioned, oh, first of all, good evening. It's good to see you. Uh, but you mentioned Carbondale. I, I went to undergrad in Carbondale. And uh, and so I got to listen uh, to basketball, and I, I follow the Salukis quite a bit. But I, I always like to mention that I have the distinction of having the most unique mascots because I went to Carbondale for my undergrad. Okay, Saluki. Went to law school at SLU. So Billiken, I've, yeah. I've got a Billiken and a Saluki as my mascots. That's pretty unique. As proud as I am of my uh, my allegiance to Kansas State University, Wildcat is not overly creative no. <laughs> or unique. We no, have a- but, but if you think about it, if, if a Billiken got into a fight with a Saluki, um, you know, neither are very fierce, but there's nothing about a Saluki that to me looks ferocious. Yeah, and I feel like the Billiken, I feel like, has mystical powers as well. 
Well, it could be. Yeah. Could be. But, uh, but Snapping fingers, making things disappear. I could don't be, know. Could yeah. be. Could be. Flying on a magic carpet or yep. something. I don't know. But uh, but a Saluki is just a big, fluffy greyhound is really what it is. And uh, cute. Lovable. Fast. 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 Not fierce. Yeah. So maybe not the ability to win a fight, but the ability to, to get away <laughs> from said fight. Well, you know, most of the, the four years that I was in Carbondale in the 80s, that's basically what they did in every sport is they retreated, uh, which isn't really a great uh, uh, thing to have in your sports teams. All right. So I, no, it's not. It's, it's certainly not. I got to throw this at you. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski and I have been having a conversation during our commercial breaks yes. for the better part of the last hour. He thinks I'm crazy, so we're going to find out your thoughts. I think you're crazy, okay. too. Pajeski, right. I agree with you. I don't even know the question. All right, done for the day. Yes. Your service is on the way next. <laughs> no, fire, fire one. My, this, is a, this is a look into my sleeping habits. Okay. All right. Every night, every night of the year, 365 nights a year, I sleep in a hoodie. And more often than not, I'm also in sweatpants. Sometimes I wear shorts. Do, do, do you wear a hoodie in case you have the urge to knock off a liquor store? I do not. Oh, okay. Um, Just wondering. I mean, I do sleepwalk, so okay, maybe that well. could happen. That's a, I'm an interesting sleeper, to, uh, to be sure. He thinks it's insane that I wear a hoodie every single night of the year when I sleep. Do you think that is as crazy as he thinks? Uh, I wouldn't put it in the crazy okay. category. Matt? Odd, yes. Particularly in the summer. I mean, in the winter. Yes. Now, listen, I'm a follically challenged guy, okay? Uh, I can see the advantage of wearing a hoodie when it's cold. I can see that. But both both Matt's here in the studio, you guys have luscious, beautiful heads of hair. Thank you. And so um, I don't really see the need for it. It really sounds like, and I'm... I'm putting on my Dr. Phil glasses because Dr. Phil is a large, bald man with a mustache. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that. Okay. So uh, as I'm putting that on, does that come from a sense of insecurity (laughs) that perhaps as a child something happened that made you feel insecure? And being wrapped in the comfortableness of a hoodie gives you that relaxation necessary to drift off into blissful slumber. How close am I? I don't know. I, I, I you know, I just, send I'm you a stuck, bill. I'm stuck on those words. Yeah, you've you've blown my mind. I, I need to send you a bill for this analysis. So, in all seriousness, I hate the feeling of stuff on my arms. Like if it's a, it can be a 90 degree day, and if I'm walking down the street and there's a slight breeze, and I'm wearing a short mm-hmm. sleeve shirt. I would much rather be wearing a jacket and be warm in that moment because of how much I hate the feeling of wind up mm-hmm. against my arm. So maybe it's connected to that. Maybe rolling around in my sleep a little bit. I don't want the comforter going up against uh, my arms. I don't know. I like my. Uh, I like yours better. La- lack of yeah, uh, a problem with uh, security. This is uh, people. Now this one I know is weird. This one, <laughs> I won't run away from this. My wife sleeps under the you know the sheets and the mm-hmm. comforters and everything sure. like a like a normal person will 
I then sleep on top of all that stuff and have my own comforter that I put over just me. So my wife and I are not under the same Mm -hmm. uh, sheets and comforters and stuff. She's under one group and I'm under another group. But her thing still goes all the way across the bed. So, like, if I I roll over, (laughs) it pulls the comfort. It's horrible for her. She lives being married to me is challenging in very in a good number of ways. But these sleeping habits adds to it. Well, here's here's the question though. If you don't like the feeling of anything, why doesn't the hoodie qualify as something on your skin that bothers you? That's a great question. I don't know. Same thing. Like I, I am wearing a jacket right now. Yeah. It, what's the temperature? It is currently 83 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. I am currently wearing a jacket. I will wear this jacket out tonight, and I don't get bothered by the feeling of the jacket on my arms. But if there were to be a slight breeze, it would bother me. I. I I have no explanation for that. What's on uh, at your service tonight? <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the debt deal, the debt yeah. ceiling deal. I'm going to interview some folks about that. We're going to talk to the owner of Ted Drews oh. tonight. My wife just had Ted Drews for the first time ever oh. in the last week. And wasn't it a magnificent experience? It was awesome. Took our daughter as well. Oh, it's great. Parked in the you know the bank parking lot oh, just yeah. across Been the street. There many times. Opened up the uh, the back of the uh, the SUV. We sat down, had ourselves a little Ted Drews picnic. And right next to Ted Drews, there's the Ted Drews Museum. Yeah, and the, the gift shop museum. Gift shop, yeah, go in there. Charlie Brennan's picture is up on the wall in there. I didn't go in so, there, so I'll have to yep, go in there and go in see there, Charlie Brennan's picture. Out. We're gonna be doing that. Also, uh, today is Clint Eastwood's. 93rd birthday. So uh, during the show tonight, we're going to be playing some clips from Clint Eastwood movies. Those who are those that are my favorite, of course. And uh, and we're also going to be taking calls on favorite Clint Eastwood movies. Okay, that's good. I'm trying. I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, so some of his like old classics are not. The what's the um, what's the movie where he's the boxing trainer? Uh, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, he he did a magnificent job with that. I always liked the Dirty Harry movies right. and the spaghetti westerns I watched as a kid. What's the one so, where he's in kind of like a bat lives in bad area and you know the get off my lawn one and then he's a super tough guy? Yeah, that's the, the one that's in Detroit. That's Gran Torino. Yeah, that's I like that movie. That's good. So I like more of his more recent stuff. But uh, we're going to be talking some old school Clint Eastwood tonight. My dad always told me when I started in radio, if anybody ever uh, calls up and says play Misty for me, that's that, a, that's a oh, really bad thing. It's a great movie though. Okay. That's uh, so I, I learned that very. I was working overnight shifts as a high schooler. My dad was like, "Somebody calls and says, play Misty for me.' Run, get away from the windows." All right, that is it. Uh, we've got uh, at your service with Brad Young. That is on the way next. I'll talk to you again tomorrow night for another edition of Sports Open Line, a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.